An elderly woman had uh, just returned home from church after an evening service one night when she realized there was an intruder in her home. Seeing that he was in the act of stealing her valuables, the only thing that came to her was the scripture from the service that she had just been at, and so she yelled, Act 238. Hearing her, the burglar stopped in his tracks. He just froze, wouldn't move. So she calmly and carefully picked up the phone and called the police. The officers were pretty quick. They arrived right away and arrested the burglar. As they were doing that, though, the female officer, as she was putting the the cuffs on, couldn't stop herself from asking, why did you just stand there? All, All she did was yell out a scripture verse. The burglar said, scripture verse? She said she had an axe and 238. (laughs) Can you tell I have a new joke book? (laughs) Joke source, I guess I should put it that way. We're going to talk about the Bible today and using the Bible today in our lives. But a disclaimer, yelling Bible verses at intruders does not always yield the same results. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Each week at Clay Church, we make a promise at the end of our worship service, words As I've said before, many of you know them by heart. It's what we call our clay covenant. We begin by promising that we will pursue a faithful life. And last week, I introduced that one way to think about that life would be just to to think of these three prepositions, with, from, and like. Right? Our commitment to the faithful life is is to pursue a life where we walk with Jesus every day. We learn from Jesus every day, and we seek to be more and more like Jesus every day. And then, for those that were here last week, and if you weren't, that's okay, because we're going to get into the details this week. I said that for the rest of the month, we're going to talk about, so how do we live into that faithful life? This week we begin digging into that how-to. And the good news is the guide to the faithful life is actually right there in our covenant. The the how-tos of the faithful life is right in our covenant. The first thing we say after we say we're going to pursue that that faithful life is we say we're going to reach up to God every day. So, I have this question for you. What image comes to mind? When you think about reaching up to God every day, what image comes to mind? And I'm going to guess this isn't the same for all of us, but I just, I just going to share what's in my head when I think about reaching up. I think of that kid who's reaching up, right? And they, they get on their tiptoes because they want whatever it is, the cookie or the, you know, whatever it is. They get up on their tiptoes and they reach and stretch as far as, as they can. Anybody else kind of relate to this image that that, you know, just tiptoes stretching for what it is. And, I, and that's, a, that's a great image, I think, of, of extending ourselves. But I want to explore another image today 
about reaching up, because when we think of up that way, we often think of up toward the heavens. And I, and I, I wonder if when we say reaching up, we mean less about like reaching up toward the heavens and reaching sort of into another plane of existence. The Bible says this. It says that God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, this is God speaking through his prophet Isaiah. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. To reach is the is to stretch out in a certain direction in order to, to touch, or, or I like this idea, reach is to try and grasp something. What if reaching up to God is, is reaching into, into a higher plane, into, into that plane where God is, at reaching into that plane to try and grasp the faithful life, to grasp the higher ways of God for us? We might think of it in another way, Similar, along the same lines, a theme that emerges again and again in the Bible. Ephesians 5.1 captures this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Jesus invites his followers to live as he lived. Right? To love as he loved. To be imitators of, of him. The early church repeated this invitation. Almost every letter has some version of of this invitation to be like Christ, to reach for the, for the higher ways of Christ in our lives. If the faithful life is learning from Jesus and, and seeking to be like Jesus, then reaching up to God each day is, is reaching for the higher ways of God to become more like Jesus. So how do we do this? Like Practically speaking, what can we do in our daily lives. I think I mentioned last week, I'm a, I'm a to-do list guy. I, I want to have things to, to check off, right? I've been working on my deck this weekend, and um, uh, we're tearing off the old surface and putting on the new one, and people keep asking, you're doing it yourself? Like, I'm crazy. Yes, I'm crazy. But literally to get it done, I had to have, like, to-do lists each day of how much I needed to get done to, to sort of stay with it. So if we apply that sort of, how do we make something happen in our life of faith? How do we reach for God's higher ways? What is, what are, what is on the, the to-do list? One thing we can do is to pray, right? To pray every day, to set aside some time and spend it talking to God and then, and then listening to God. Most studies show that we as followers of Jesus, we, we get this. Most studies show that a, a good number of people who, who attend worship regularly also have a daily prayer life of some kind. That, that prayer is a regular part of the life of the followers of Jesus. But those studies at church today, they also show something else which this cartoon kind of begins to capture. Followers of Jesus are much less likely to read their Bible with any regularity, let alone every day. Let me say that again. Studies, study after study over the last 15 years, as long as I've been in ministry, studies show that, that followers of Jesus claim this Bible as their holy book, but are, but are significantly less likely than praying every day to 
to read it every day or even read it with any regularity. I was at a conference years ago with Mark DeVries. Mark is a, uh, uh, a consultant in youth ministry, incredible guy, wonderful teacher. And uh, he was talking in that particular session about sort of getting in tune with, with God for your ministry and, and your life. It was about vision and, and, and how to live into vision, how to capture God's vision. And he talked about kind of what to do without the hows. And we came to a break, and so he said, are there any questions? And a, uh, a younger guy in the room said, yeah, can you tell me, can you tell me how to hear from God? Like how, how to hear God's voice or to understand God's direction? He said, because I pray regularly, like I pray all the time, but, but I just have not sensed God's direction for my life or, or my ministry. I'll never forget Mark's response, in part because he was so gentle and humble and encouraging, at the same time saying something that challenged, I think, probably every one of us in the room. He, he asked the young man, he said, how often do you read your Bible? And I'm not even sure he waited for an answer, because I think he just wanted it to sit and have all of us answer that question, because he then shared that his prayer life, listening for God's voice, discerning God's direction in his life, it couldn't be complete without also reading the Bible every day in his life. But he put these two practices together and he said, like, my prayer life is about opening myself to hear what God has to say, and my reading of the Bible is allowing God's word then to speak in answer to my prayers. The two fit together to guide my life and, and my ministry. He said, taking, taking in Scripture every day helps shape my daily life and, and opens moments, although he said not every day, but it opens these moments where I come to hear God's voice or sense God's direction for me. For those of us that need to hear this a little more directly, Billy Graham once said it this way, if you are ignorant of God's word, you will be ignorant of God's will. My first reaction to that is, ow. And my second is, yeah. God's direction comes through, through God's word. It comes through, through the Bible. The Bible is many things. Many things. It's it is beautiful poetry, and it is, it is moving songs. It's family stories, and it's important lessons. It's historical record, and it's recorded wisdom. It is biography and letters and, and preaching. It is law, and it is teaching, and it is revelation. At the heart of it all, though, the Bible is one thing. It is the Word of God that points us to the revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. It points to the love and grace that we know in Jesus. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, it says this, My son, pay attention to my words. Bend your ear to my speech. Don't let them slip from your sight. Guard them in your mind. They are life to those who find them. 
and healing for their entire body. I love that image, that this idea that the words of God are life. The words in this holy book that we claim is the, the most important foundation of our community are words that give life. And yet here's a guess. I'm guessing that in our world today, too many people don't think words of life when they think of the Bible. It pains me to say this, but, but my guess is that when, when people think of the Bible, they, some, some think confusion. I, I don't understand it all. And some, some think they're, they're just words that lead to too many questions. Or worse, I think some people think these are words that judge. That judge me. Or, or words that others have used as a weapon against me. I'm guessing that some of you have tried to read the Bible from start to finish at some point in your life. I have, I've had this experience, particularly early before I went to seminary, um, and learned you don't have to read it beginning to end to read the whole thing. It might be better not to. Anyway, but, but I'm going to guess some of you have read the Bible beginning to end, and you got somewhere in Deuteronomy, maybe Leviticus, and you just were like, I, I can't keep doing this. Right? Suddenly you're, you're, you're wondering what it all means and, and whether you can eat bacon or not eat bacon or, and, and whether, whether you can wear clothing of two different fabrics or whether the Bible really means a teenager should be stoned for talking back to one's parents. By the way, that's all in the Old Testament. We're going to unpack that later. But I'm guessing some of us have been in a Bible study at some point in our lives when someone said, if you didn't understand it their way, you were wrong, and you just couldn't fathom that that was the only interpretation, and, and maybe you were, you were turned off at that moment. I'm guessing some of you have gotten through the Bible all the way to the prophets, but then all the judgment and the, and the casting out and, and punishment of God, it, it felt like too much and just too, too heavy as you're reading it. I'm guessing some of us have heard a pastor like me stand up and say, you should read the Bible every day, and then, then you start it, and you're like, I, I don't get something out of it every day. I, I, I don't know, and so you just stopped that habit of daily reading. Let me say, if any of this applies to you, any of these things apply to you, let me just invite us all today to hear an invitation that I think we find in Psalm 19. Psalm 19, and you're welcome to turn there if you want to see this, although I'm going to read from a slightly different translation than what's in the Bibles and the pews. It, be, it begins with this beautiful declaration of how God reveals God's glory in creation in everything. It just paints this picture of, God, I see you in the majesty of everything that you created. But before the hearer of this psalm can get too sort of caught up of, with God in nature and, and not think about what it means to live in this love and grace of God. Psalm 19, the author shifts and begins to speak about God's word. This is what the psalmist says, beginning in verse 7. The Lord's instruction is perfect, reviving one's very being. The Lord's laws are faithful, making naive people wise. 
The Lord's regulations are right, gladdening the heart. The Lord's commands are pure, giving light to the eyes. Honoring the Lord is correct, lasting forever. The Lord's judgments are true. All of these are righteous. Do you, you hear this movement from being awestruck by who God is to then being invited to live into that by God's word? And if, if we in, accept that invitation to live into that, listen, listen to what that invitation is. Enter into my word, follow Follow my commands, my, my teaching. Follow ultimately in the ways of Jesus. And you're going to experience reviving and gladdening of the heart and ma making people wise and giving light to your eyes. So I speak what may be a little bit of a, of a dangerous invitation from Psalm 19. What if we read the Bible without trying to answer every question? You ever been in that Bible study? I have, where we're like, we can't figure this out. We want to try and answer everything. What if we let go of that for just a moment, trying to answer every question? What if we let go of trying to figure it all out, because God's ways are higher than our ways, and we're not going to understand all of them? What if instead we read the Bible with the ends of Psalm 19 in mind? What if we opened it up every day and, and just invited God to gladden our heart? and to give light to our eyes, and to, and to make us more wise? What if we invited God to, to not speak only through a single verse, but through the context of reading every day, and, and letting these words just sort of infuse our being and who we are? This doesn't mean we ignore anything in the Bible. It means we put it all in the, in the context of this invitation to know the love of Jesus and to, and to live it. It, we, it means we read knowing that everything points us to the love of Jesus. And that the, the light and revival that we seek, it isn't just in the words on the page or in any given verse, but it's at their intersection with the whole and then with our hearts and our being. Right, the light, the gladdening, the joy that we seek, it isn't simply in the words or the, the literal meaning of the words. It's in the intersection of God's word with our hearts and our lives, where the Holy Spirit can then show us where God is moving in God's ways for us. Psalm 19, I think, has this invitation to, to read the holy words of the Bible and let them lead us deeper into relationship with the Holy Spirit that is within us. Right? Reading the holy words of the Bible leads us to deeper into relationship with the Holy Spirit within us. In the first church where I served, I, I led a disciple Bible study. I'm just curious, how many of you in this room have been through a disciple Bible study? <clears throat> It's a 34-week it's a commitment. <clears throat> well, most of us pastors shorten it to like 32 or 30 because it works better that way. But if you do it section by section, it's a 34-week commitment. <clears throat> At the end of this study, you, you essentially in this study read every day. There's, a, there's Bible reading to do every day with one day of reflection. So six days of reading, one day of reflection. And you essentially read the entire Bible in a year. 
Um, I taught this class, and at the end of the study, we did a pitch-in dinner to celebrate. The community that forms in any study is, is, is part of the study. And, uh, and this was no different. We had, had formed this wonderful community, and uh, we did a pitch-in dinner, and <clears throat> one, of the, uh, one of the young women in the study, actually the young woman in the study, <coughs> excuse me, most of, uh, most of the group was retired, there was this young woman who came up to me right at the end as most people were leaving, and she said, I just want to thank you for the study. And I'm like, you know, it's a, it's a joy to me, too. We all learn together. It's, a, it's been great. And she said, I, uh, I wasn't sure at the beginning that I could make this commitment to all of this reading. And, and to be honest, I didn't make it through all the readings every day. But she said, I'm so glad that I, I gave it a whirl and I, and I made this commitment. She went on to share that, she said, you know, I, I know we had prayer time every week, and I probably should have been more open. I should have been more trusting of this group as we went along. I didn't share, but she said, in the, in the last year, my mom got really sick. I had a miscarriage in the midst of that stress, and I lost my job. And the first thought that went through my mind was, oh my gosh, like 34 weeks, and none of us knew this. Then she said this, she said, I couldn't bring myself to share here, but I want to tell you now that I would not have made it through this year without, without this study. It's like every time I hit rock bottom, God's word met me there with the words that I needed. It's like it's, it's as though God knew what I needed to read on any given day when I was struggling. It's as though God knew which days I would skip and which days that I would read. I remember when she said that, I'm like, maybe God does know the days we skip reading as long as we're committed to keeping at it. God just seemed to know the words that I need on the days that I needed them. Every time I opened the Bible, God pulled me through what was going on. This this, I think, this young woman's story, it, it shows us what it looks like to reach up to God every day and to hang on to God's words of life. This is one way we can reach up to God every day to seek to imitate Christ. And if you're thinking right now that a 34-week Bible study is out of the question, like, I can't, I can't make that commitment. Or if you don't read the Bible regularly and you're like, I don't even know where to begin let me offer a couple of invitations this morning. But more important, just invite you to, to consider this invitation from Psalm 19. To begin to, to pick up your Bible every day. But here, here are just two ways, and two ways to do that. The first is this. You know, there are lots of things that drive me nuts about being available to the world 24 hours a day with this thing. But... Um, one of the things that you can do on here is download the YouVersion Bible as an app. It's great. It's got readings that you can do every day. It has, the Bible is there with different translation. And then there's this, if you download the app, there's this little thing called plans at the Bible. And if you tap on the plans, then it will let you know every day a reading that you can do. And there are shorter plans and longer plans. So you can try one out. 
or you can sign up for one that's going to take you through the whole Bible. It's a wonderful way. It's a wonderful way to, to read the Bible and, or to get into the habit of reading the Bible. And, and another way to do that is if you download the Clay Church app. We have the Clay Church app. I know some of you know about it. We haven't necessarily talked about it more recently. But if you sign up for notifications on the Clay Church app, it's another way to read the Bible every day because you'll get a, a scripture verse every day about 10.30 a.m. Um, for those of us that, like the staff, all the phones go off and we're like, oh, it's 10.30 because the, the notification came. And on that app, on that is a, is a scripture verse that ties to the Sunday message. You can read those every day. It has a scripture to read. Some of them are short. Some of them are a little bit longer. None of them are too long. And a question. And this is more than you need to know, but I have a spreadsheet that has every scripture that, uh, that I put into there. And so it walks you through the Bible over the course of three or four years. I try not to repeat. Every, sometimes because it fits, you'll read something again. But that's okay too because the more times we read it, the more times we can internalize it. So the second invitation, that was all one. It was kind of a long one. But uh, the second invitation this morning is, uh, is I'm going to teach a Bible 101 uh, course in September. It'll be Wednesday night. And uh, um, it's an opportunity to, to just learn more about the Bible, and then one of the most important things we'll do is we'll, we'll examine ways that we can read the Bible, ways to study it, ways to, um, uh, to read through it. It's just three weeks. It'll start the second Wednesday in September and, and continue through Wednesdays in September. Again, more important than any of that is just to pick up the Bible and, and start reading it. Asking God to give you wisdom, show you God's way and, and God's light to gladden your heart. I cannot promise, I cannot promise that if you read the Bible every day, that God will have a word for you every day. I can share that if you'll make the commitment to reaching up to God every day by reading the Bible, God will speak into your life. God will shape you and form you, and you will have a deeper relationship in the love of Jesus and a more robust faith life. If you read the Bible every day, some of the words will stick to you, it will come out of you at times that you don't even expect, and they'll be ready to guide you through, pull you through the storms of your life. And if you read the Bible every day, the words will give you revival and wisdom and gladness of heart and delight. Amen.